Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on Internet Land and Socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. to keep or not to keep to keep or not to keep in the podcast that is the question i always like to just fuck around a little bit at the beginning for lack of a better word and uh i don't know where that came from i guess i was just feeling a little bit of r&b from the 90s yeah kind of had a little bit of a i don't know tlc no what's a better one in vogue maybe an in vogue feel to it <laughs> i'm not comparing myself to in vogue people or am i before you think i've lost my mind welcome back to the show there's actually always a reason why i do these things even though it might seem like there's not <laughs> other than just messing around and having fun and getting myself into the mood now today it's about not editing yourself And that was obviously a version of me not editing myself, so you can see what happens. That's just a fraction of the madness that happens behind closed doors in the Smith household. But yeah, it was fun. Why not? Hey, who cares? Have a good time with it. If you're not having a good time, what are you doing here, right? And I think, honestly, when it comes to your art, editing yourself is equal to death, right? Because the moment you start getting into that whole inner critic, you let them open the door, you let them stomp around for a while, and pretty soon your work is flat, it's dead, it's lifeless. You're into that realm of clever, clever land, or at least appealing to the masses or to what you think a critic would like if they were to come to a show or to a museum and look at your work. You don't want to get into that. I was talking to a friend at a show recently at Shockbox and uh, kind of a new friend, new artist friend, and we were talking about conceptual art and things that we don't like about most conceptual art. And before you get all upset and start writing, I'm not saying all conceptual art is bad, but when I first started out and started thinking about conceptual art, you know, it was kind of like I was talking about this little meme or series of memes that was done by 
I think it was from the people from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and it's Danny DeVito dressed in this crazy, like, white afro, and he's walking around in this, you know, crazy garb that he has on, and the people are showing him around the exhibit or the museum, and he's looking at all these amazing pieces, and he's going, crap, crap, crap. And then he comes to this one part, and he goes, now this is spectacular. And the person's like, uh, that's just a space heater. So, you know, that is kind of some versions of conceptual art to me. There's really good conceptual art out there. But for that kind of conceptual art, you know, it's uh, the over-intellectualization of art. I was telling this person, this friend, that if you have to explain to me too much, if you have to intellectualize it so much that I have to like hear you speak about it to understand it on some level then I think there's something missing there. I think it should have that impact. I think when you're looking at art, it should have that initial kind of visceral emotional impact. It should say something to you. It should speak to you on some level. And then when you hear the artist's interpretation on top of that, maybe it adds some other value, right? Or maybe the artist just gets out of the way and lets you have your own interpretation. But I kind of liken that to the inner critic and to editing yourself. I think when people are editing themselves, it's like, you know, when you're meditating and you can't quiet your own thoughts, so that's going to get in the way. You're not going to be able to sit there for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, hell, an hour. Yeah, right. If you're lost in your own head and your mind is running wild, you are not going to be able to sit there and get anything out of a meditation session. Just like you're not going to be able to sit in front of a canvas and create a good piece of art if you're overthinking it too much. If you're sitting there going, you know what, I don't know if people will understand this or, you know, maybe this is a little too risque or whatever. Whatever form of editing it is, if that thing gets into the thought process and and starts to block you or starts to alter the way you're creating, then I think you're venturing into a little bit of a realm of altering your work from what its natural state should be. Now, I'm going to get a lot of pushback on this because there are a lot of artists, I know a lot of them, and I know a lot of artists like to talk about art and they like to really, you know, get really intellectual about it and bring up a lot of 17th century jargon and go, hey, this is what this means. This is what it means. That's great. That all has a place and that's wonderful. I'm not saying do not get educated on art and not, you know, get in touch with it on that level. What I'm saying is if that is happening during the actual creative process, if you're overthinking it too much like that or you're trying too hard to push something, you know, it might not be that the work falls flat, but it might just come across as being forced. Uh, I used to have a lot of friends when I used to do music, <laughs> hence my in vogue uh, vocal transformation at the beginning. Uh, when I was doing music, no, no, I was doing like punk ska music, but when I was doing music and I learned how to play guitar just so I could write some songs. I learned from a bunch of different types of people. And I always, for me, it was one of those things where I wanted to learn how to just play and strum some chords and, you know, you know basic chord structure and all that. And just so I could write some lyrics to it and write a melody to it. I was not really into as much of the music theory. And that's great. It all has its place. But I had different teachers, some of whom were just kind of more in touch with their love for music. Some of them couldn't even read sheet music and... Sometimes those are the people that resonated more with me. And look, each person is their own person. You might actually really like somebody who does really intense musical theory and implies that to their music. Maybe that's something that you really respond to, and that's great, and that's fine. And there is a place for everybody. 
But for me personally, it kind of felt a little bit too calculated, too forced. Like there was no room for improvisation. There was no room for emotion or something to be able to change or the happy accident, right? The happy accident is such an important thing in art. When you know when you've done something or like made a mistake, but you see it as something beautiful or something that actually takes your art in a different direction and then you go with that, sometimes that's the best thing you can do as an artist. And like knowing when to do that and learning when to do that and getting more and more comfortable with that, I think that shows maturity as an artist. So maybe try to incorporate that or try that as an exercise in your work. If you're not really comfortable doing that, just try it. I think you'll be very surprised with what you're able to come up with. Now, I am going to say that, look, studying art, studying musical theory, studying everything, anything that you're doing as an artist, whatever your field is of creativity, it's very important to do that. I am not shitting on all that. I think it's very valid. What I'm saying is, you need to have the best of both worlds, right? Do the studying. Be interested in the progression of art. Like if you're a painter, study the masters, you know, really get back into it and see how art progressed, see how they used light and shadow and chiaroscuro and brush strokes, all this stuff, color theory. Get into it. What I'm saying is when you actually get in the studio or in front of the canvas, be open enough to just throw all that away know that it's in there somewhere. It's been internalized. You've learned it. And then let some other more improvisational voice come to the forefront and speak. I think that's really when you're creating in a flow state is when you are able to trust that those are there. Trust that the style and the technique and the theory and the improvisation and the accident and the emotion and everything that goes into it, they're all going to converge and become a wonderful piece of art. I think that's when you're really into that flow state and that's when you're creating at your best. So learning how to not edit ourselves is very important. It's like even a doctor, right, doesn't sit there and go, well, when I'm making this incision here, I must remember page 587 where they talk in detail about the incision of the femoral artery and how, you know, they're not doing that. They have learned it. It's been internalized, and now when they're in the moment, they trust their studying, their muscle memory, and their experience to get the job done. At least that's what I'm assuming. I'm not a doctor. (laughs) Or am I? I'm just going to keep coming back to that. You never know. I could have been a doctor. Fuck you all for judging me. Just kidding. Love you. Loves it. So that's it, basically. Just a little you know, short one on not editing yourself. It is very important to not edit yourself. And look, it might take some time. It might be something that takes some trial and error. You all, It's funny how you need to almost train yourself to be able to trust the accident and trust the process and trust that just doing it, the act of doing it will get you there. And sometimes you have to just do a few paintings, you know, a few dozen or hundred paintings even, who knows, but you will get there. And it's going to get better. It's just like everything else. You hone your craft. You hone these different skills. And it's just fun to see them develop. And it's fun to be like, you know what? Yeah, I kind of was just flowing with that one. So get out there and flow. Flow like there's no tomorrow. Now, excuse me. I've got some singing to do.
Just kidding. I'll see you all next time. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here, and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.